Chaotic Nonsense features adult and potentially triggering themes surrounding true crime, history, the paranormal, and whatever else we want to talk about. Descriptions of violence and curse words are abundant. Please, for the love of Brando Sando, do not let your children listen and heed our trigger warnings located at the beginning of each episode and in the show notes. Keep yourself and your loved ones safe. We love you! Today's episode is brought to you by Owls. They're not paying us. We just really like them. I'm Scoot. I'm Della. And this is... this is... Chaotic (laughs) Nonsense! (laughs) I'm leaving that in. (laughs) Chaotic Nonsense. Let me do a clean record of a discloser that I currently have COVID. (laughs) So I may sound like a fucking dweeb. So, Chaotic Nonsense is going to be broken down with three week segments so week one will be centered around true crime week two will be centered around history and week three will be centered around other stories um the true crime section i'm not doing any typical cases i don't want to fucking talk about bundy and btk and maybe the icebox killer because that's pretty wild but yeah but we don't want to talk about shit that everybody's heard of over and over yeah i don't want to talk about any of those type of cases i want the weird shit I want the heists and mobs and missing persons and just the other crazy shit involved in true crime, totally separate from what everybody else is so obsessed about. Um, the history, be more focused on women, LGBTQ, marginalized peoples, stories that people don't really pay that much attention to that are I find interesting and really just want to ramble about for an hour. And then the other week three, that's going to include conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, cults, and any other weird shit that I really want to talk about. Oh, side note, um, not part of the podcast. When you guys come down to Tampa, we need to take a uh, quick little detour over to the um, skunk ape sanctuary. The what? The skunk ape. He's He's a cryptid. He's the swamp squatch. I'm leaving that in the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're so taking that. And we're so going ghost hunting. I don't give a shit. (laughs) All right. So because of the sensitive nature of some of the stories that I'm going to be telling you, we're going to be putting up trigger warnings for each story. Those trigger warnings are going to um, be at the beginning of the podcast right after the general disclaimer, correct? Yes. Awesome. We didn't do this this time. I can either add it in after the fact or go ahead and say that the only trigger warning for the story that I have today includes Nazis. All right. So then, today's fun fact, um, I actually need to know, do you know who Thomas Paine was? Who? Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine? I've heard I've heard the name, and I feel like I learned about him in history class. Yeah, you absolutely. But that was literally 20 years ago. Yeah, you absolutely learned about him. So... Thomas Paine. Um, was he a founding father? I think he cons- he is considered a founding father, but he's not really talked about much, which is 
extremely strange because he is the reason that America started the American revolutions. He wrote, um, he was a political activist and he was a political, um, what do they call it where you like try to influence stuff? Anyway, he, he was involved in- Oh, an influencer on Instagram. Yes, he was an influencer on Instagram. You should Google him. Um, <laughs> no, he, so he was a philosopher and he wrote, um, you know, back then they wrote like pamphlets and they just like threw them out windows and were like, read this shit, yeah. you know, to get people excited about yeah. stuff. So he wrote a bunch of pamphlets and one of them was called Common Sense. And that was what spearheaded America into writing the declaration going for American independence. So he's pretty much okay. the person who is the reason that we got our independence or we started wanting our independence from England. Which is why it's ridiculous that nobody knows who the hell he is. But... Was he in Hamilton? I haven't seen Hamilton, they so... They didn't... I don't think they put him in there. <laughs> and I, I've watched it, like, four times this week. I can't stop watching it. And it's my little sister's favorite. And now I have somebody else other than shouting into the void at you that I can tell all of my <laughs> founding fathers fun facts to. Uh, anyway, <laughs> nobody knows where all of his bones are. That's the fun fact. Like, do we know where some of his bones are? Or, like, where none of his bones are? A few. Okay. A few. So, you know, grave robbers. Why are they not together? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, grave robbers, right? Where they would go in and they would, like... I mean, not personally. I couldn't, like, name any. But, yeah, I know of them. Personally. So, uh, apparently, his grave was robbed. I don't know the, nobody knows the exact, like, you know, timeline of events, but apparently his grave grave was robbed and they took, like, his actual bones. Um, At some point, some of them ended up in an estate sale, and I think one of his, like, great, 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 great family members has a few of them, but that's, that's it. They don't know where the rest of his bones are. (laughs) Okay, but imagine, you know, you're going thrift shopping or whatever you're, you're hitting up yard sales like it's it's an early like saturday morning it's like six in the morning because you have to get up at the ass crack of dawn to go to, to yard sales right mm-hmm. and you've got your little satchel full of quarters and you know you're sleepy and you're you're just you're just upset and you're like you're the moody goth kid that your parents have like forced you to go like your aunts and your mom have forced you to go like thrift shopping with them right and you go and it's this like harmless old lady's house who's like clearing out her garage and you find some fucking bones and she's like oh yeah those are thomas paines <laughs> i grave robbed him when i was in my 20s you know what that just reminded me of do you remember bone girl on tumblr yes <laughs> we'll have to do a story on bone girl Oh, that would take a lot of research. I don't want to do that. Anyway, that was today's fun fact. Nobody knows where all Thomas Paine's bones are. Wow. Somebody's getting real haunted. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> all right. So, today's Chupacabra story. Chupacabra must have got him. <laughs> today's story that I have for you is okay. a heist. Ooh, this I love called, heists. Don't you? Oh, I love heists so much. This is the French Bank Vault Tunnelers. It's got everything that you could want in a high story. 
Was this recent? Hell no. Okay. I was... Okay. We'll have to... I'll get with you later about the one I'm thinking about. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Okay, so, the setting. We're in France. Okay? In the 1970s. That's where we are. Okay. Now, I do not speak French. I can't even roll my tongue to make it do the the super cool sexy R thing with other languages. I'm not adept at this. So, anything that I say that is incorrect, I don't give a shit. I take full responsibility. Please leave me alone about it. Alright, that's my disclaimer. Okay. Okay. So, in nice France, there is a bank called the Société Générale. It was founded in... in, Is is it nice or is it... I think it's Nice. (laughs) Speaking French requires a certain je ne sais quoi. (laughs) I wish everyone could have seen my face when I just looked at Della. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, (laughs) it was founded in uh, 1864 during the Second French Empire. um, And one of the founders was actually the nephew of Napoleon I, who was called Napoleon III. So, you know. Okay. Continuality. Um... It was part of the just cons- like Final Fantasy titles. <laughs> Got it. It was part of the consortium that helped fund the Eiffel Tower, uh, and it's a it's a uni- it was a universal bank, so I think it's still around anyway. Which means it was just a full service bank. The cool thing about it, though, is that it was a full city block in length and a half block in width. So oh, jeez, that's huge, gigantic. Um, and they thought it was impenetrable. Impenetrable. That's what everybody said. However, this bitch ain't got no alarms. It ain't got nothing. It ain't got nothing but some vaults. Well, did they have alarms back then? Yes. Oh, this is the 70s. 70s. No. Yes. This was the 70s. They had had alarms. They didn't hook up to anything or tell anybody anything. They just screamed real loud, but there were alarms. So... (laughs) The vault in 1976, which is where we're sitting at right now it was connected to three different strong rooms so it wasn't just they didn't just have one vault they just had one door that connected the main room and three different strong rooms in it you got okay you got it the picture in your head yeah okay so i should preface this for our listeners i work in banking and this is freaking (laughs) ridiculous I didn't even think of that when I picked this one. (laughs) Okay, alright, okay. So we've set the scene. Now we're dropping into Monday, July 19th, 1976. Okay. This was a long holiday weekend, which means Friday, nobody worked. The bank was closed. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the bank was closed. So the bank opens... And they're trying to get into the vault to get everything started for the day. And they can't get into it. They thought that happened. Yeah, yeah. They thought that the mechanism was like broken or something, you know, something mechanical happening. So they called the manufacturers of the vault and they sent someone to come and check it out. And the manufacturers got there and they were like, bitch, we don't know. We can't get into it either. So everybody's like, oh, great. Thanks. Awesome. So they decided. Then you, you, (laughs) then you call the locksmith and they drill that bitch. (laughs) So they decided. To just smash through the wall next to the door to get inside there. They didn't. Get- That's the next step. <laughs> <laughs> they, 
they didn't get in until 3 p.m. And I don't know how this place was built, but they were only able to make a small hole that, like, a small, like, a per not my sized person, but, like, a smaller sized person would be able to fit through. Yeah. Um, once they looked in there, they immediately called the police. So the police come, they look into the hole, and their immediate thought is, holy shit, someone could still be in there. You can see where this is going. So... Okay. Pierre Lecoq. Okay. <laughs> His name is L E C O Q. I don't know how else to say that. Le- Lecoq, maybe? That still sounds Pierre like Lecoq. I don't care. Anyway, <laughs> Detective Lecoq was the smallest guy there. <laughs> oh, was he? <laughs> so they were like, all right, homie, get your ass in that hole. And he shimmy, shimmy, shimmied. <laughs> On the way inside of the hole, his pants got snagged and they came off. So he crawled through this hole with no pants. Poor, poor Pierre. He t- this isn't pertinent to the story. It just made me crack up in the middle of the night. So he told a newspaper afterwards, he said, It was really hard to feel brave with no pants on. So he goes in there. He has no pants. All he's got is a flashlight. He's looking around. He doesn't find anyone inside of there. But when he turns to look at the door, he finds that it it wasn't broken. It had been welded shut from the inside. Oh, shit. Now, the same newspaper said, and I quote, his voice became high and squeaky from astonishment, end quote. (laughs) So you can imagine he's got no pants on (laughs) So, anyway, pantsless Lecoq is sitting there like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Please don't haunt me, detective. Uh, if you're dead, I'm sorry. Anyway, so while he's looking around, he finds that there's a tunnel that's been dug out inside of the vault. Um, and once they get the door open and they get all the lights on, um, there's a giant peace sign painted on the wall. And it says, without weapons, without violence, without hate. Now, in my notes, I wrote LMFAO without hate. Need to remember the without hate part because it, it's so fucking stupid. So, that makes me think that the people who did this know the people who work at this bank or like had a feud with the pe- this bank. No. No? No. Just some randos? It's worse. No, it's worse. Oh. It's worse. Okay, so. When Sorry, I don't mean to jump ahead. <laughs> after after they've gotten over this, like, hippy-dippy peace sign in the middle of the fucking vault, they realize, and they look around, every safe door was open. All the grills were cut. There's, like, six inches of paper that's covering the floor, and that's all, like, checks, deeds, bonds, wills. Yeah. Um, anything. Non-important stuff. Right. Things that you couldn't really do anything with. Um, They found a bunch of crowbars, chisels, drills, hydraulic jacks. They found six blowtorches, axes, jackhammers, and 27 acetylene tanks, which is used for welding and cutting and produces an incredibly hot flame. How many people did they smuggle into this vault? All of this is just left there. And that's not even the best part. The best part is they found a stove, a little camping stove, an 
empty food packaging, dirty pots and dishes, empty wine bottles, one muddy glove, and some flashlights. So they were in there all weekend. They also found that solid silver heirlooms had been used, quote, as chamber pots, end quote. Oh. <laughs> so not only do they got all of this stuff to wade through, but there is... They pooped and ate Gertrude's <laughs> solid silver family heirloom. Yes. Wow. <laughs> they did find... One brick of 50,000 franc notes that was left behind. Um, they think that maybe it, they just didn't notice that they left it or they didn't give a shit after the fact. It, it was it a was, gift. It was the only, only cash left in the vault. That's the only And I'm, I'm imagining there was massive amounts of cash in this vault. For this bank to be this big, for these vaults to be this big. Yep. They made out. Millions. They made out in 1976 money. They made out with about $10 million, most of it cash, also some gold ingots, which the gold ingots could actually be traced, unset jewels, um, everything that was kept in with about 317 safe deposit boxes. So they took almost everything that could not be traced except for some of the gold ingots. So, like, they're like Jeff Bezos rich. With inflation, that comes to about $45,461,862.92. Oh, okay, not Jeff Bezos rich. No, but at the time, it was the most expensive bank robbery in the world. Wow. Yeah, so. Incredible. They start trying to figure out all this fucking mess. So they go through the tunnel. It was chiseled through 18 inches of reinforced concrete. It was about 2 feet wide and 20 inches high. And so tiny. they sent a detective through there. Not Lecoq, because he didn't have no pants on and he was real upset. Another detective that they did not mention. Um, it was barely big enough for him to crawl through, but it went for almost 30 feet. And um, it went all the way to a sewer line that was behind the building. And this son of a bitch had buttresses that were set in concrete and some of the walls were smoothed with concrete. This was not just let's burrow down and hop in there. No, this was effort. Yeah, no, it had a six inch diameter ventilation tube and it had electrical cables running everywhere through it. Oh so they, God. but I mean, you said it's like what forty something million dollars. I mean, for three days of work, that's not bad. <laughs> it's acceptable. <laughs> I, I mean, would accept that. I, I'll work in a sewer for three days for forty something million dollars, right? And shit in the, <laughs> <in> the <laughs> family heirlooms. <laughs> All right, so. <clears throat> The detective spent about 10 days just walking around the sewers. They found half a mile of electrical cable, which read straight into Nice's main square and was hooked straight into a streetlight. Then they found another path that led to a service road, which was next to an underground river. What they believed happened was that they drove a panel truck within about 400 yards of the river, and then they floated all the equipment that they were using down the river yeah. into the sewers. Yeah, so yeah. these people knew what they they knew the city. Oh, they Jesus. knew the layout of the city. They knew what they were doing. Absolutely. So, 
the police had to document every single thing that was left in the vault and everything that was not in the vault and it took them 12 days just to document everything i'm sure then they had to fingerprint everything which they only found one fingerprint on the bottom of a safe that had been pulled out oh wow that's it so these people like they knew what they were doing shit yeah they had to interview about 4,000 lockbox owners and all the past and present employees and all the hardware dealers for each piece of hardware found. Good lord. Insane. Now, the way that French, like, detectives and police work works back in 1976 is kind of confusing. I'm going to try to explain it. <clears throat> as best that I can. At this point... I'm gonna go ahead and assume there was a ton of cocaine involved because it was the 70s. <laughs> I mean, you can assume that now. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> anyway, so so the U.S., even back in the 70s, had tens... We have tens and thousands of police forces, right? But in 1970s France, they only had a few dozen. So there was the National Investigor- Investigatory agency which is called the police judiciaire or the pj which i prefer thank you yeah and it it had about eighteen thousand detectives plus all of the good laboratories now there is um another section called the suriette urbane which is another national detective force but that deals specifically within cities um nice had about 900 of these detectives within the city all of these detectives had to contact their informants um, and ask for word and contact all border crossings, right, around this time. Now, yeah. the funny thing about the National Detective Force that's within the cities, they could break into places, harass people, request identification, and search them, which was called controlling. You're supposed to have probable cause, but, I mean, come on. When have police ever... Much like today, you don't have to. For probable cause for anything, yeah, not. So, um, one of their jobs was to know all of the gangsters and all of the bad people, right? They had to know who they were, who they were working with, yada, yada, yada. Right, right, right. Specifically for this case, Inspector Valentin Bichetti... Which I, li- I like his name. He's a nice name. He was in the nice attachment of the Suriette Urbane. A okay. few nights before the heist, he saw a man named Daniel Michelucci in a car. Now, Daniel was a well-known informant. So, he decides to pull him over and search the car just because he's a well-known informant. They right. found some red chisels, but nothing else. So, they let them go. This detective, Bachetti, or Inspector Bachetti, he was in the vault on that Monday and noticed a similar chisel to what he had seen in Daniel's car left among all the stuff. Backtracking a few weeks before this Monday, police had received a call in a village about 15 miles away from Nice that it was supposed to be empty, but somebody saw some strange men in it. So... They went there, they took down their names, um, they didn't really do anything to them at the time, but after the heist, they noticed, um, they went back, and it was the same people, and they noticed a, uh, flashlight with mud on it that was sent to be tested. Turns out that mud is the same mud that was in the sewers 
right outside of the bank. So one of the men that had been caught a few weeks before at this house was Daniel Michelushi. Oh. Yeah. None of the men that they've caught, including Daniel, are smart enough to plan a heist of this this caliber. Right. Because these people know what they're doing yeah there's no way that it was he was one of the people who was planning it so they decide to start legally quote-unquote wiretapping okay a little bit after this time while they're still investigating another branch of the same um bank in a different city was looted in the same way but it was done in such a sloppy way that they just they it like, was like knocked a copycat. Yeah, it was like a copycat. So they were like, nah, nah, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Two men, Adrian Zeppi, who was 54, and Francis Pellegrin, who was 38, were caught at a bank in the Riviera village of, I'm not going to say that name, trying to sell gold ingot, ingots whose numbers coincided with the ones that were taken in the heist. Okay. They weren't known to police at the time. These were not informants. These were not gangsters. These were just random men. And they were not at that house with Daniel when they had originally checked out that house. So these are two new total variables into play. Yeah, that were just completely off the radar before this. Yeah. Police just said, fuck it. If we arrest them, it's going to draw everybody out or make them go into hiding. So they went balls to the wall and just arrested them right now. Police investigations in France are fucked up. An overview of the way that they're ran. If you are um, interpales, however the fuck you say that, that means that you're actually arrested. But they have something called the Garda Avu, which just means that you're being held in custody. Now, when you're being held in custody, the Garda Avu lasts for 48 hours, during which the subject cannot be touched. They're allowed to have access to a doctor if they if they um, need it. Or- yeah. But they do not have the right to have a counsel pre- present. Do, however, have the right to remain silent. So you can't have a lawyer, but you can shut the fuck up. Right. Now, How many people are smart enough to shut the fuck up? <sighs> this person is permitted to rest occasionally and be fed from time to time, but there is no specifics within the law. So in practice, of course, the intervals between nourishment and sleep is basically based up to the investigators yeah so for 48 hours you're it sounds like you're in fucking hell now they do not only hold the people that they are directly targeting for whatever they're wanting to arrest them for they can also grab people up for this same 48 hour period that are just somehow related to a person of interest so that means siblings spouses associates the guy at the, the corner bodega that you buy a deli sandwich for from every day, they could pick him up and hold him for 48 hours. It's, it's, it's a madhouse. It is yeah. the wild, it's wild It's like a free-for-all. Mess. Yeah, it's a total free-for-all. So, after the 48 hours, if they don't decide to actually, like, hold you and bring you in front of a judge or anything, you just get to go home. So, you've had 48 hours of hell, now just get the fuck out. Yeah. Or if they decide to, to bring charges against you, they send you in front of a judge who acts like a grand jury and he interrogates you now with your counsel. So after your 48 hours, now you're allowed to have your counsel. If okay. he decides that there's enough evidence, 
he orders an indictment and they can force you to remain in prison until the actual court date where you see a jury and all that nonsense now which can take how who knows how long especially apparently in this insane french system that makes yeah. no sense if you uh if they don't let you essentially have bail um and make you re- remain in prison until the court date you can appeal it but the amount of times that people successfully repealed it is like <laughs> zilch yeah so during this balls to the wall let's arrest everyone fuck it situation they arrested 27 people total all but wow. seven were told to go now zeppi and Pellegrin were two of the people that were being held and six of these seven people were indicted for complicity um at this point they have six conspirators no loot besides a couple pieces of gold ingots and they have no idea who the actual brains of this whole operation was they don't even have daniel at this point they didn't even have daniel they couldn't find him they didn't arrest him with zeppi and pellegrin but they did take his younger brother henry because of course the guy at the bodega yeah 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 so what they do know about daniel is that he had opened a safe deposit box in brussels under his grandfather's name sometime around the whole heist business so they yeah which isn't super suspicious at all yeah obviously he is not the brains of this fucking operation they just basically wait right it's just a matter of time upon hearing about the roundup and the fact that they've got his little brother henry daniel and his girlfriend immediately head to brussels where they're picked up inside of the bank when they're picked up they found 10 new bills from the heist in the girlfriend's purse and another 420,000 francs and some gold ingots in already in the safe deposit box wow yes this is after this or this is actually the only like loot that they found from it up to this point so somehow after they pick up daniel they get another name it doesn't state anywhere that I can find in any records how they got this name or how they came across it. But at this point, they get a name. And that name... I'm sure Daniel snitched. Right? Doesn't he seem like a snitch? Yeah. I hope he's not yeah, dead. He's, he seems like me. a squirmer. I'm sorry. Don't, don't, don't sue us, Daniel. Um, the name is Albert... Albert S. That's what we're going with. Albert S. But his friends call him Bert. And... We're not friends, but I'm going to call him Bert. So, Bert is... Okay. (laughs) Bert is... He's 44 years old. He's a photographer. He owns a villa in the hills above Nice, and it's called the Wild Geese, because apparently there are just geese everywhere. Sounds like a hellhole, Bert. Sounds like my worst nightmare. Yeah. Um, He has a wife who is an RN, and get this, his wife's name is Audi. Isn't that cute? Like the car? Yeah, like the car. Audi. And she's a nurse. He used to be a paratrooper in the French army, and he did go to prison once before this for robbery. Um, he also, after his, we'll get more into his background in a minute, but after his stint as a paratrooper in the army, he joined something called the Organisation Armée Secrète, which they called the OA. That's the Secret Service, basically, for France? No. It was, no. um, it was a, a far wing, far right wing. Yeah. Oh, they were, okay. Um, they were extremely anti-De Gaulle, which De Gaulle was the French army officer who led the fight in the French 
against Hitler. So yeah. they were totally anti this guy. Um, and they were So they're nineteen seventies neo Nazis. Yeah, they were anti decolonization. And at one point while he was in this um, while he was in the OAS in his youth, he uh, offered to assassinate De Gaulle for nothing. And his wife was a nurse. And his wife was a nurse. Now yeah. So Everything that I've read about this person, this human being, uh, they all state that he was, quote-unquote, probably more of a synthesizer. Sympathizer? Yeah, that word. But I just want to say, fuck that, use a Nazi. Yeah. That, that's all I have to say on this matter. Now, he did yeah. time... If you're a Nazi sympathizer, you're a Nazi. Right. <laughs> well, and he doesn't even seem like a sympathizer. Like, he seems like he offered to... Yeah, sympathizers don't go, yeah, I'll go kill that guy for you. Nobody even asked him to, is the thing. He literally just went up to, like, a high official and was like, hey, you want me to go kill that guy? Like, that that's it. That's it. <laughs> Insert John Mulaney joke. You want me to kill that guy? Because I'll totally kill totally that guy. I'll totally kill that guy. That was him. <laughs> Obviously, the OAS was not um, legally allowed yeah. to operate. So he did do time in prison for political terrorism for his part in the OAS. Uh, okay. This is uh, where he first wrote uh, his first autobiography that you can purchase. Please don't purchase the autobiography. Um, no. <clears throat> and I, I think it was this, I think this was the name of it. I didn't do too good at details on this part of the notes, but I wrote in quotes, one mustn't laugh with the barbarians. Okay. That was somehow associated with his auto. I feel like that was the name of it or something. Except for it was in French, so I'm sure it looks and sounds better, but... Yeah. Yeah. So, you remember where I said that you should remember the part about without weapons? Yeah. And without What they have spray painted without hate? He's a Nazi, so his whole life is... Hate. Yeah. That's the part that made me laugh really hard. So, he was the one that was in the vault. So, on October 28th... On the 102nd day of the investigation. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't this, wasn't this July? <laughs> yes. So, the Garda Avu begins at 2.30 in the afternoon. They pick him up after lunch, posing as business people wanting to talk to him about business things. Photography stuff, I guess. Why he has so many geese, you know, just whatever. Yeah. Um, and then they also took Audi. Now, I don't, I, I can't figure out whether to feel sympathetic Audi, Audi, Audi for this. Um, um, I'm gonna say no because she married him and probably knew this about him. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say no too. But there's not a lot of information on her, so I, I don't know. Anyway, of course, the world's neither first of episode them. of Who Did I Marry? <laughs> I accidentally married a Nazi. <laughs> so neither of them talked for the whole 48 hours. Um. Or at least in the beginning of the 48 hours. The police search the wild geese and they come up with absolutely nothing. Apparently during some time, right before they got picked up, someone calling himself Albert S. had visited the United States and managed to contact the CIA. He introduced himself as the head of a team of expert burglars willing to burglarize European embassies on behalf of the CIA. Um, and then Okay. When he so this is another instance of, yeah, you want me to do this completely unprompted? I'll totally do it for you. It sounds like a lot of, like, wanting to suck dick. Yeah. You like, know, like, 
I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to try to understand the mind of a Nazi. Anyway, when he was asked for references of this wild claim that came out of absolutely nowhere, the individual replied, you have heard of the heist of the century, have you not? And the CIA immediately notified Interpol. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> hey, you remember that bank that got robbed in France? Yeah, I totally did that, but I'm not telling you that I did that, but I'm in- I'm implying that I did that. Also, you want me to rob some indices or do some assassinations? I am down. I yeah. You don't even have to pay me. Like, I'm just... <laughs> John CIA, I will do this for you come, as a friend. Come on, Bert. Anyway, so you know the the um the interrogation lasts for forty eight hours. Well, yeah. after thirty six hours of continual interrogation, Bert cracks. I don't know why he cracks. There's no details, of course, but he yeah. cracks. So here is the story from Bert's point of view. Bert rented a safety po- safety deposit box. Um, yeah. Once he realized how close the sewer was to the bank, he decided to go rent him a box. Now, he took an alarm clock and he put it in this box to test if there were any sound or movement sensors of any kind. Because apparently right. they had that technology in 1976. I don't know. I watched too much Doctor Who. I have no idea what levels of technology things have. Apparently they had sensor technology at that point. Now, while he's in there... He's apparently able to photograph the inside of the vault. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, this is gross <laughs> negligence. <laughs> so he, he walks around in the sewers, and then he goes to town hall, and he requests sewer plans, uh, which were apparently just available for anybody to pick up at any time. So, And nobody thought, nobody at town hall thought about this when they were heard that they came in through the sewers. Like, oh, yeah. This dude came in like a week ago asking for the sewer plans. Why don't you go investigate him? I mean, I I wouldn't want to be the person who had to explain why I gave random people sewer plans and then the bank got robbed. I'm just I'm just saying self preservation <laughs> yeah, tells me to keep my true. fucking trap shut. Anyway, yeah. After he gets these plans and he starts planning his great heist, he goes to the professional mobsters in the city to see if they wanted in. They they did not want in with this. They didn't want anything to do with whatever he had planned. No one knows how he got the people to help him that he did or like how he knew them or anything. It Apparently he just picks up strangers on the street and is like... You want Did to he go to 1976 a- Craigslist and was like, looking to rob a bank? <laughs> he was like, uh, yeah, hey, hey guys, hey, uh, y'all want to rob a bank and live there for three days? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't have an explanation. Anyway, he spent, they, this, this team of people spent two months drilling the tunnel and they finally broke in. Uh, July 16th, that Friday, 1946. Now, they cocked up... 1976, you mean? 76. Yeah. Did I... Oh, I wrote 46. That was wrong. 1976. Wrong time period. I've been watching too much Steve Rogers. I apologize. Anyway. (laughs) So, they cocked up all the ways the air could get out on the inside of the, um, the vault so that they could cook. And they really had no idea how much was actually down there. They just we're gonna do it like yeah just took a chance random ass people going down and digging into this vault so 
while they're there, they found the chute from the deposit box from the area businesses. Was apparently it was on the street, and it was just open, and businesses yeah. would just drop it down into the vault. Um, yeah, like night deposit boxes or night night deposit. Yeah, they didn't even yeah. know this was happening or that was a thing. So can you imagine like sitting in there and you're like cooking your dinner of beans or whatever, and then and all then all of a sudden, of a sudden you hear ka-ching, ka-ching, whoo, money is falling from the sky even more than yeah. you're surrounded with. Now Bert claimed to his to have donated his um, part of the money to a fake right wing political group. Like he literally just made it up on the spot. Like. It does not exist. And then they ended up tying him to two other bank jobs that were most likely just, like, warm-ups to, you know, the big one. Yeah. Or whatever. But they could never actually prove that it was him that did it. So they just kind of assumed that he did, but he didn't get tried for them. Now, during his trial, let me tell you, Bert was fucking wild. During his trial, he made a fake document that he claimed was evidence. It was coded. So the judge went and had to decode it. While he was doing that, Bert jumped out of a window and ran to a motorcycle someone had put there for him. Um, what? When he jumped out of this window, he actually landed on the roof of somebody's car and, like, dented it in, like, Winter Soldier style. Um, oh, my God. And then later, the guy got, like, a random check that covered all the damages. They don't, they couldn't trace it. It was just random. He was sentenced to life imprisonment, despite the fact that he had ran away and they no longer had him. And he managed to hide for the rest of his life. No. So he didn't get any jail time. I mean, he got jail time, but he was never caught. No. 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 They think that he may have gotten plastic surgery. They're pretty sure that he stayed in Argentina and even gave an interview for a TV show at one point. Um... This dude's still alive, too, isn't he? Uh, no. He died of throat cancer in 1989. Um, oh, okay. But so he didn't even get to live in 1989, 1974, so he only lived for, like, what, another 15 years? Yeah, with tons of money. However, his, his illegal doings did not end in death. His girlfriend illegally drove his body back to France. Howdy, <laughs> no. <laughs> Audi, baby, why are you doing that? You're a nurse. No, no, no. His girlfriend, not his wife. Oh, his girlfriend. Nobody knows what happened to Audi either. That's why I said I didn't know whether I should be sympathetic to her or not. Oh, so she like disappeared. She disappeared, disappeared. Oh, yeah. And he he had his new hot girlfriend in Argentina illegally drive his body back to France so it can be buried in France. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Jumping forward to 2010, uh, a guy named Jaquis Cassandri claimed that he was actually the brain behind the whole situation, and Bert was only a bit a bit player. They couldn't prove or indict him, but right? He did get caught later for money laundering in a different situation. So I mean, it's up in the air. Um, the loot was never found. All that money's just poof. The only thing that they found was what Daniel had on him and then those two other guys with the gold ingots. So they found like they found like what 45,000 of this like 45 million dollars that was taken? 450,000 in bills and then some gold ingots. That's it. Yeah. 
That's all that they found. That's crazy. And that is a story of the French bank vault tunnelers and Nazis. Oh my god. And that, oh wow. I wonder if that money's like buried like in Fargo. Like, right? Like, I don't know. I would have been insane though and went and like buried it like underneath one of the stones at Stonehenge or something. Like, right? No, nobody knows. Like, he claimed to have donated it, but the place he said he donated it was totally made up. They never found yeah. anything at Wild Geese. He somehow managed to live his life and be on TV <laughs> at one point. He also wrote another biography, autobiography, of at course. some point. Yeah, that's good old Bert in 1976. Wow. France. Uh, I can't imagine. Okay, being being working in banking, I can't imagine the freaking company-wide meeting after that of upping security. Of, like, how this And how many people pictures. got fired for just making stupid decisions like that. How, how this man got pictures of his <laughs> Right? I'm sure every worker in that in that branch got just terminated immediately shit i would you know what i mean like i'm sure the c-suite probably got cleaned out too yeah no i would i'd be like man all y'all motherfuckers are fired bye like how are you gonna have that much money in a vault with no security other than a vault door that's it that's all they had that's insane to me (laughs) i feel like you're sweating I am a little bit. Can you see my face is red? This is Della is not she's not looking good. You gotta take some deep breaths. I can't have you passing out on our first recording. It's hard to breathe right now. And i I'm not sure that it's the COVID doing it. You get stressed. Yeah. Stressed out from this. My face is the color of your glasses right now. It is. And, and my glasses are like pink, y'all. Like <laughs> They're like magenta color. Yeah, like her face is not, she's not happy at all. You want to, we should hook up with Doctor Who so we can go back and just smack some people around. And be right? like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Good lord. <laughs> I'm glad I had my breathing treatment before this. Right? You would have told me. That's why I was like, let's wait. <coughs> oh, Lord. <coughs> oh, God. All right. Oh, you can cut out that cough. <laughs> I'm going to leave it in. Y'all, this is the dangers of not wearing your fucking masks. Hey, I wore my masks. You I just did. worked at a bank. Somebody didn't. So that's it. That's that's my, that's my story. That's the first episode. Wow. Yeah. I'm just... That's... They wildin'. <laughs> dog the first thing that that attracted me to this story was the fact that back then um when it first came out people were in shock because they thought that they had used some like (laughs) some like alien technology to burrow down in this bank they didn't obviously but like when i first read about the story that was one of the first things that i read and i was like excuse me alien technology what are you talking about and then when I started reading it, it just got more ridiculous and insane the more I read. So I was like, all right, no, I'm sold. This is it. This is it. I'm doing this. I can't. It's got, I mean, it's got, it's got gross incompetence. It's got crazy detectives. It's got what? insane French systems. And it's got Nazis. Like, I, the only thing it, that it's missing it is like a ghost. Jump, so a Nazi robs a bank. 
<laughs> right? It sounds like a bad joke. Today's sign off is happiness is coming. You can't you escape. Can't escape. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scooby Doo winning. <laughs> <laughs>